My message today is called Discipleship is All About Loving People. Discipleship is all about loving people. So I'm thinking about Kung Fu Panda. Um, Who's seen Kung Fu Panda? Any of the uh, life-changing episodes of of that movie? I think that most of us, when we think about disciple making, if you're gonna be a discipler, that you need to be like this. Let's put that, that first picture up. Um, let's go this way. Uh, Master Ugwe. And uh, that, that you need to just effuse this Solomonic wisdom. Uh, you think of Yoda talking in the, help you, I will, you know, uh, voice. You think of, and in, in reality, if you've seen Kung Fu Panda, you go and Uguay lives in this perfect serenity and this incredible nature and just has these poignant one-liners when I think most of us feel a lot more like the panda, right? Where Uguay's like, ooh, you have chosen wisely the fruit of the pear tree. And he's like, <laughs> just shoving his face and slurping noodles. And we more feel like the bumbling panda. Uh, or, or we think discipleship is like this. Let's show the next picture. The Jedi Council, right? And so the, the ones worthy of making disciples are the Jedi Council. You have to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think I have a picture of Obi-Wan. Uh, how could you not make disciples with hair like that and a beard <laughs> like that? But some of us don't have that. And, uh, and, and I want you to think for a second about who impacted you most in your childhood. Who had the greatest impact in your childhood? Just some mom? Okay, who else? <laughs> That's always the right answer. Um, who, who impacted you the most? Grandpa? Coach? Brother? Here's my, here is, here's my premise. Were, were they the paramount portrait of intellectualism? Were they the, um, the epitome of athleticism? Were they the pinnacle of uh, stardom? I, I want to propose to you today that the people that impacted you most, for example, for me, it was my grandmother, Billy Sue Henna. Why? To be around my grandmother was to feel loved. One of the things I loved most to do with my grandmother was we would pull out the uh, pull-out couch and watch cartoons and eat animal crackers. And I, I actually have a feeling that, that, that watching cartoons wasn't my grandmother's favorite thing. <laughs> and she was a pretty sophisticated lady. She's the one who introduced me to escargot. Uh, I doubt that animal crackers were her favorite thing, but to be around my grandmother, you felt like you were the only person in the world. Um, she, she took me places. I got to travel with her. Uh, she, she, she talked to me about what I wanted to talk about as I grew into my teen years. I'd always go into her room and sit on the edge of her bed and talk to her after every date. Uh, 
I remember someone asked me one time, what you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a grandmother. <laughs> Why? Because she, she embodied love to me. I, I want to propose to you today that the person who's impacted you most probably in your childhood was someone who you felt loved by, who you felt seen by. And so when we start talking, we're turning the corner because we've been in this series called Pass It On, Making Disciples is the second part. We talked about uh, first being a disciple and that, that importance of, of being a disciple. But now when we turn the corner to making disciples, what I imagine is that 50% of the room starts tuning out and going, okay, I, I could see being a disciple. I think you've proven it to me that that I get to choose to be a disciple, but making disciples, no, I really feel more like Kung Fu Panda pre-beating the terrible tiger, right? And what I wanna challenge you with today is that making disciples is really about loving people. It's really about loving people. So let's dive into scripture today. Mark 3 says this, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. We immediately jumped to that he might send them out to preach. And so many of you were like, okay, well, that would count me out. I can't preach. I'm, I'm scared to, to share um, that's, that's someone who is worthy of preaching. What you miss is these two phrases. He called him those he wanted that they might be with him, that they might be with him. This is what's crazy to me. Jesus, ultimate Jedi, right? Like George Lucas was just stealing things from Jesus's book when he starts having Jedi, even the robes and the long hair and the beard, they just look like a bunch of Jesus is walking around. And they do this, they go, and they control nature. Who controlled nature first, right? I know it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but that's just mimicking Jesus, right? Who actually extends his hand and calms storms. Who can walk on non-concrete objects, who can transfigure and be glowing white, who can speak and dead people come back to life. So there's no one who's walked the earth with more power than Jesus. And yet, how does Jesus change people? How does Jesus transform people? He transforms people by simply being with them. Are you, are you following me? Um, Jesus didn't change his disciples by saying, hey guys, follow me, watch this. And then he walks into a graveyard and he goes, you know, and all, all of a sudden everyone walks out, just a thriller. Um, doesn't just all these dead people are walking around. And then he's like, watch this and, and starts just doing all these, this cosmic fireworks show how Jesus transforms 
his disciples as he says, come follow me. I mean, you, we saw that in the first installment of this in John chapter one, where some guys start looking and they're following Jesus. And he says, hey, you can come and see where I'm staying. And they spend the day with him. Jesus's disciples were changed by knowing he wanted them. Like that's the first thing. He, he, he chose them, he wanted to be with them and they received his love. So let's, I, I wanna spend the majority of this message talking on the four L's I see in scripture of how Jesus loves people. And I want you to first, I want you to receive this love from him. And then what I'm trying to do is help you see the ways that you can love people and transform their lives. Let's first look at John, 1 John 4, 16 and 17 and verse 19 as well. It says this, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us, okay? So we know and rely on the love God has for us. So my, my question today is, do you really know and do you really rely on the love God has for us? God is Love. If we were going to use one word to describe the Lord, it's God is love. That is the great revelation from Genesis to Revelation. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. The more you experience the love of God, the less you live in a fear, the less you live in a insecurity in life, the less you're living in this like, what does he think of me? How am I going to heaven or hell? I've met so many Christians who are not 100% sure they're going to heaven. Why is that? It's because they, they haven't received the love of God. They're not living in love. This faith was never supposed to just be a, a, a mental transaction, In this world, we are like Jesus. We love because he first loved us. The greatest way to be like Jesus is not to be able to extend your hand and calm storms. The greatest way to be like Jesus is not just to lay hands on the sick and have them get healed. I love these things. I love the power of God. I, I love miracles. I'm so blessed to see so many around the world, but that is not the greatest way to be like Jesus. Can I just say that again? It's not the greatest way to be like Jesus. The greatest way to be like Jesus is to live in the love of the Father. Right? So Jesus gets baptized, the heavens open up, the Spirit comes down on him, and what's the first thing? He says, this is my beloved Son who's gonna move in crazy power. This is my beloved Son who has all the greatest revelation of truth. This is my beloved Son in whom I, who, whom I love and whom I am well pleased. So to, 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 the greatest way to be like Jesus is to receive love and to give love. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to liberate us this morning. The more you receive God's love, the more his love flows from you. The more you receive his love, the more his love flows from you. I, I was at peace 
with my grandmother. Um, it's such, you know, you think about your golden memories from your childhood, and we all have uh, negative memories. I have, I have horrible memories of getting picked on, or I have horrible memories of being in the hospital and thinking I'm going to die. But I would imagine we all have some golden memories. Those golden memories come from when you were at peace, when you're at joy, the, the moments in life where the world was like it was supposed to be. On that pull-out couch, watching Tom and Jerry, eating graham crackers, uh, no, animal cookies, that's it. It was animal, the little, some of you guys remember those. They came in a little box and they had a circus and you could eat a little tiger and a little elephant and... In those moments, the world was the way it should be. Why? It's because I felt love. I felt peace. I felt at rest. I felt delighted in. When you are loved, then you are set free to love back. So here are the four L's. How does Jesus love us? Uh, number one, how does Jesus love us? How do we love people? Uh, number one, look at people. Okay, so I, I love this scripture, this rich young ruler. He's, he's like so many people in their youth. I can totally relate to this. He comes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, I, I, I want to do, I want to be the man. I want to follow you. I don't want to prove myself. And Jesus says, okay, here's some commandments. And he's like, I've done all of these. And, and then he's like, uh, you know, okay, well then go sell your possessions and give the poor. And it, it says that the, the young man is gonna walk away just because he can't do it. He can't part with his riches. And what does it say about Jesus? It doesn't say Jesus got ticked. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I love studying the scripture where Jesus is, is looking at people. So uh, Luke 15, greatest revelation of who the father is, story of the prodigal son, right? So in the midst of our mess, what happens is that God sees us. And so there's this phrase in Luke 15 where it says, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. So Jesus looks at the, the rich young ruler in the midst of his sin, and it says he loves him. While he was still a long way off, this son who's a mess, who's squandered his wealth and while living, it says the father saw him. Uh, Jesus with Nathaniel, it says this. Nathaniel's like, how did you know me? He goes, I saw you underneath the fig tree. One of the most painful things for a human is to not be seen, is to be looked over. So many of us have pain from, from not being seen. And what we need to do is we need to see God seeing us. Just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to use your sanctified imagination to actually look at the face of Jesus. And I want you to, and some of, the, some of you this would be uncomfortable for, but I actually want you to see his eyes looking right into your eyes. That is the picture of Jesus in Scripture, Right, a woman caught in adultery, and yet he looks right at her and speaks to her and says, neither do I condemn you. He looks at a, a young man who's failing because he can't do everything that the scripture says, and he says, it says I, he loved him. He looks at a young man who has blown his life, and it says 
the Father saw him. Do you see Jesus looking at you? Okay, you can open your eyes. How do we actually make disciples? Uh, the first thing we can do, just see people. Just look at people. Do you know that your body is created in such a way that when you look someone in the eyes and you smile at them, that it actually releases feel-goods in that person. Uh, I want to be a, a church that sees people, right? Uh, I want to be, be a church that, that people look at each other, you know, that we're walking around and going, hey, Mike. And we're, we're, we're actually looking in people's eyes, I, I, just give people the gift of looking at them. There, there is nothing that breaks my heart more than our, our public schools where someone's just sitting by themselves. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to like stress public schools, our private schools, our home schools. Uh, no one. No one should, should have to live life alone. And I have heard so many stories. Um, one, one of the guys that I, I've seen take, take men of all ages and start investing in them, he said the reason he did that was he, he said, I, I, I have been so seen and loved by people in this church. And it took me from being a very broken man who was once, at one time homeless to now I felt loved and believed in, so I want to give that to other people. Like you looking at people will heal them. Uh, can you just turn and look at someone? Okay. If you were able to do that, which 95% of you just did, 5% of you, but you're looking at me, so the other 5%, you've succeeded as well. <laughs> If, if you can look at, and look, and even most of you are smiling right now. If you can look at someone, you can make disciples because the main thing people need to know in life is that they're seen. And, and, and so that is going to, you just seeing someone heals their heart. The enemy wants people to be unseen. So you taking some, anyone, you taking someone and just seeing them and then double, giving them a double portion just by smiling. Well, one thing I don't like in life is all these people that are trying to get rid of their crow's feet in their, I, that's beautiful, right? I trust people more when they have lines because it means they've been smiling, right? So don't, please don't shoot Botox right here. Those are Jesus lines. That wasn't, in, that wasn't in the notes. <laughs> Number two, listen to people. Listen to people. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think so many times, okay, this, this is what we think. If I'm going to invest in someone, that I have to have this master Uguay, this, 
you know, Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, this Gandalfian wisdom that I'm going to give to people. And so even we go, I'm going to listen so then I can give them some proverbial one-liner that changes their life. What if listening is the greater gift? Like, what if, what if listening... I um, So I was at this retreat this week. And you could sign up for 45 minutes of spiritual direction. And the, uh, the, the, like, the mentor that I've been meeting with wasn't there. He was sick. And so I'm like, gosh, what, what is the point for to meet with someone for 45 minutes who, I've lived 47 years, and I've lived a lot of life, and I've had a lot go on with me. So what is the point? Like, there's no way. I'm a, I'm a preacher. I can make any one sentence into like an hour message. I'm like, how, 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 can, how can this be, how can this be good? And yet I, I felt this leading, like, no, meet with this spiritual director. And I, I'm meeting with this, this guy named Dave, never seen him before in my life. And he's looking at me, we're on Zoom, he's looking at me, and then I'm just seeing how he's listening to me. And I want to tell you that, that listening, someone listening to you is like a balm it's like a balm on your soul when someone's really listening. Let me just give you some thoughts that'll help you listen. Uh, you could take, take these down as notes. Uh, because listening is ministry. Let me say that again. Listening is ministry. You, you want to bring your neighbor to the Lord, start by listening to them. Uh, what is their story? What motivates them? Who are their friends? What are their dreams? What is God doing in their life? So this is what I love about Jesus. If anyone had one-liners to drop on people's heads, it was Jesus. And yet, what does Jesus do? He doesn't just give one-liners. He sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he goes, I'm gonna come to your house and have a meal with you. Do you like, that wasn't needed. Jesus could just say like, believe in me, boom, you're saved, peace out. But instead, Jesus goes and sits in the home of Zacchaeus. Or how about the woman at the well? She was healed because she was like, I can't believe that you'd sit and talk to me. You listening to people actually is a gift that heals their souls and gives them value and, and, and makes them have worth. And then let me explain it this way. So what did this Dave guy do with me? He gave me empathy. So I, I love what Bill Galtier says. He says that empathy is the oxygen of our soul. 
empathy. What is, what is empathy? Empathy is actually entering into someone's story. It's not that you have to take on the responsibility. It's not that you have to carry. So one of the reasons why we don't like to talk to people or hear their story is all of a sudden we feel like we have to fix them. You don't have to fix people. Only God can fix people. Like God is the surgeon. God is the healer. It's not you. So you, it, once you take that weight off and you say, but what, what am I? I am a friend that's walking with someone into the presence of Jesus. And I give them empathy. So, so Dave, he, he says, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I, I just want to talk about this hard, this hard pain that, that's happened in my life. And so he listens to it, and I'm just, I, I am literally feeling a lot of the pain go as I just see, oh, this guy actually cares. You ever talk to someone and you're talking to them and you're like, they are not here? You ever had that? That is a bummer. And like, or have you ever talked to someone and you can tell they're like, <laughs> they're, they're just waiting to jump in there? And, and, and yeah, sometimes we do need to not just like just keep sharing and keep sharing. We can need to be a little more succinct with our words. But, but there is something about you telling someone something and, and they're engaged with you. So let me just give you some, some tips on listening. Make eye contact, okay? Um, let your face mirror back the emotions of what they're of what they're sharing with you. Let me give you some thoughts on communication here because this is really interesting. Do you know that in communication, 93% of what you communicate to others is nonverbal? Do you hear that? 93% of what people get. And so I could be doing this message on love today going, God loves you. You would not, I, right? <laughs> but if I'm like, God loves you. I said the exact same thing. Um, so, so how you listen to people, how, how your eyes look, how your face looks, how your smile looks. Uh, and, and here's why this is, this is so important. Because love is... Love is not one of the spiritual gifts. That's a confused fire truck. Just went by this way. <laughs> I know there's a fire somewhere. <laughs> if we just keep driving around long enough, we'll find it. I love our, our, our fire people. Um, love is not um, one of the fivefold spiritual offices. Because some of you are like, yeah, I stink at love, right? But this person, they have the gift of love. Do you know that love is not one of the spiritual gifts? So this person is given the gift of healing. This person is given the gift of tongues. This person is given the gift of discernment of spirits. And this person was given the gift of love. Do you know that, that what is love? Love is a fruit of the spirit. God is love. And so the more you just receive God's love, you can be an extrovert, you can be an introvert. Like I've, I've received so much love from introverted 
people. Not, it's not like, oh, you have to just have this big personality to really love it. Absolutely not. I've met big personalities that are jerks, right? Uh, so it's not extroversion or introversion. It's not an incredible orator or someone who can't. Yeah, I've, I've received so much love from people that aren't fluid, fluent speakers, that love is a fruit of the Spirit. So as you're with Jesus, you grow in love. Um, we were talking about communication. 55% of what you communicate is your body language. 36% is the tone of voice. Only 7% is the actual words. My point is this. Uh, you, can do, you can change people's lives by looking at them and listening to them. And anyone can do this. I loved Jason's story, and I think we need to keep reminding ourselves of this nine-year-old girl who is making disciples, right? She didn't, she didn't even have a junior high education. Right? But what happened is she had love for people in her class. She had love for people her age, and so she gathered them, and people's lives were being changed. Let me give you some skills for listening. Skills for listening. Ask open questions. What does that mean? Don't ask questions that can be answered with yes or no. Right? So ask open questions. Um, number two. Summarize back what you heard them say to you. This actually makes you listen to people. So if you're listening, you, you say, you know, hey, what's going on in your life? And they say, yeah, this was a hard week. I, I lost my job this week and it just stinks and now I'm totally concerned. You're not going, well, God works out all things for those who call, love him and are called according to his purposes. Amen. Right, you just walk off. Well, first of all, that wasn't empathetic at all. But second of all, they're like, is that just what you say to any, you know, anything? Instead, you're like, man, gosh, you lost your job this week? Man, and I, I just, I, I, I sense the, the pain. And man, I can, I can tell that that's, you're concerned about what's going on. You're summarizing it back to them. You, you, you validate the size of the emotions. Wow, that is a big deal for you. So I, I was sharing with this guy, and that's what he did to me is he goes, I was, I was talking about the painfulness of the situation. He goes, wow, Robert, I, I can see that was a huge deal for you. That was, that was really disappointing for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I'm breathing. I'm, I'm feeling it. Focus on the uh, emotions that they're experiencing, not what their perception is or your perception of them, but actually be with them in the emotions, validate what they're feeling. So many of us are so hurt because no one validated what we were feeling, right? Oh, you didn't make the basketball team. That's okay. You're awesome and everything's going to be okay. No, that's that stunk. We put everything into being on the basketball team, right? You just got dumped this week. That's okay. God has a better person for you. Probably true, but man, you just got your heart ripped out. Pray silently while 
you're listening to them. We, one of the best ways to be a good listener is you're also listening to the Lord. You know, and, the, and when you're listening to the Lord, you're a lot less likely to say stupid things to people. Okay, be slow to speak. All right, I have two more points that I need to very quickly go to. Uh, so Jesus, and they're shorter. Jesus looked at people. He listened to people. He lavished on people. How great the love the Lord lavishes on us that we may be called children of God. Um, Jesus was lavish with people in this. He, he won, he gave them time. He gave them time. Now, we live in a very fast-paced life, and some of us don't make disciples because we're like, I, I can't just hit the eject button from my life and be a wandering rabbi, right? And just kind of walk around in the Judean countryside and have some guys hang out with me. And So I just, I'm just not going to do it. I get but you do have, we, we do waste a lot of time that could be given to someone that would really be transformed. And, and, and here's what I love what Jason said last week is he said, this guy just took him along with him. So he was a painter. So he said, just paint with me. And we think like, you know, I, I need to, I need to, if I'm going to make disciples, it needs to be in the perfect scenario where we're going and just doing an outreach or where we're, no, take someone, some of the best times in my life getting mentoring, we're just going on errands. Like my, the guy that mentored me, he didn't, he had very busy life. So when I was with him, we just run errands. But I was getting to like be with him. And the Bible says, as you go, make disciples. So we all got to go grocery shopping. Or we've, we've all got to go get our car worked on. And so just as you go, take the person, but you're actually spending time with, with the person. But here's a, a, another way to, to lavish on people is give them physical touch. Like people, people so, so need that. And I'm, I'm talking healthy, holy, physical touch, but it, it, there is something about just the, the, the healing of just being a, a hand on the shoulder, a hug around someone. Hey, man. <laughs> um, it, it's so, I mean, y'all just started going, oh, right? Um, I was, uh, it's so weird to me that we, we get to the, towards the end of John and it's like Jesus showed him showed them his love by holding their feet. Like by putting like his hand and water on people's feet and touching their feet. You ever thought like, that's weird. Right? We, we just spiritualize everything and we're like, the sacred foot washing. Hey, right? But it was like dirty feet. But Jesus was... Jesus was serving them. He was, he was humbling, humbly touching people. And so just any way you can lavish time, any way you can lavish, you can call up. I love what he does with Nathaniel. He's like, there is a true son of Israel in whom there is no guile. So many of us have never had the gold called out of us. So just, guys, just see people and go like, dang, Matt, you're like loving, bro. 
Like this Matt Collins, loving guy. And what's in you needs to be in numerous people. And, and Matt is making disciples, but I'm like, just, you're so loving. You know, honestly, Matt will remember that the rest of his life. That was the sermon that I got called loving in the sermon. Dang. Um, last one. Here we go. Uh, lead them back to Jesus. One of the reasons we don't make disciples is because we're so stinking insecure about like, I'm not good enough. That's right. Because you're not trying to make disciples. You're not trying to make little Roberts. Right? I, I've never, I've, I've, I've been in places where everyone's trying to be like, there was this one time I went in a, into, a, into a church in Southern California and everyone was wearing pleated khakis. And I'm like, that's not the culture here. But everyone was trying to be like the leader. That's just weird. Right? And like, I'm not here to denigrate. You'll never know what I was talking about, but, or what, what church I was talking about. But the point is, don't, you're not trying to make little disciples of you. You're trying to lead people to Jesus, right? So let's not, um, so here's what I loved. I was with my friend Dan Bauman a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how um, the mentor that he had named Floyd McClung, and you're like, yeah, of course, you had Floyd McClung. Like he wrote the book, The Father Heart of God. And of course, I mean, talk about Gandalf. He, he looked like Gandalf. He's like 6'6", six, six, and you look like Gandalf. And, and he said, you know what Floyd did? He goes, he, he just said, um, hey, Dan, why don't we, once a, once a month, we'll take a two-hour walk. He said, he just, we just walked on a trail with his two dogs. And he said, basically what Floyd did was he just kept pointing me back to Jesus. He's like, Dan, what is... Jesus doing in your life right now? What is Jesus saying to you right now? What's the scripture highlighting? And he's like, Floyd, I want to know, like, give me your wisdom. And he's like, no, Floyd just kept pointing me back to, can you do that? Can you be with someone and say like, what is Jesus saying to you? What is, who, how is Jesus revealing himself to you? How do you think that, what do you think Jesus is saying to you right now? Like, there is not a person in this room that can't spend some time with someone and then to say, what's Jesus doing in you? What do you feel like? And, and then we just get to process it out. And we just affirm, oh, that's beautiful. So the, the last point is just to love people is just to lead them back to Jesus. And it takes the pressure off you because you don't need to be their personal Yoda, right? Or their personal Gandalf. But as long as we think that, three quarters of this room is not going to make disciples. But if you can start getting in your head that it's just looking at people, like, okay, so let's finish this way. How do you become a more loving person? You got to ask for God's love. Ask for God. He wants to pour it out on you. And you can't give what you don't receive. Okay. Number two, receive. Like, re receive God's love. So at the end of my little spiritual direction time, 
I was like, what do I do? And the guy goes, you need to grieve. And I went, okay. Um, I'm not very good at that. Um, so like, can you give me some tools for grieving? And he goes, yeah, be sad. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he goes, be sad. And I started, I started having tears in my eyes because someone was giving me permission to be sad. Um, talk about simple. That's, this is what people need from you. They need to be looked at. They need to be listened to. Just lavish what you have on them. My grandmother wasn't effusing crazy Gandalfian wisdom. She was giving me animal cookies. And I felt lavished on. And I wanted to be like her. And then lead people back to Jesus because you don't want to make them like you. You just, you just keep saying, let's look at Jesus. What's his word saying? You don't even have to understand his word. There's so many things I don't understand about God's word. But just keep going back to it. Let's stand up.